was the husband of Jezebel. And he's died. And, and as he's died, he left Israel in an extremely vulnerable state. They have a crippled military. They have a crippled economy. They are weakened politically. And they are weakened socially. Now, because Ahab was a wicked king, he left a wicked legacy that would continue the downward spiritual spiral that Israel is experiencing. Truth is we will die just the way that we live. No one can preach us into a better state than that in which we live. No, no one can uh, eulogize us into a better state than that in which we live. No matter how we dress it up or how we dress it down, the way that we lived is going to be the way that we die and the way that we live will speak for us. Now, when you're looking at Ahab, you're looking at a man who knew the compassion of God. He, he knew the mercy of God. He, he knew the power of God, and yet he rejected God. Now, his sons have picked up this same spirit. They also did not follow God. Instead, they followed the ways of their father, and they continued the detestable practices of their parents. Now, because Ahab was oppressive, he raised oppressors. Because Ahab was a rebel he raised rebels and so the world's model is this the world says you only live once YOLO right uh, but I came to tell you that that is not the truth you do not just live once you will live as long as the influence that you have over others continues to live in other words what you have poured into others even after you're gone is what is will continue pouring you live as long as the influence you have over others continues to live. How you influencing today? Because no matter how big or how small your influence, baby, it's still an influence. Now, again, I'll say it. You'll live as long as your influence lives. And so this is what is happening with the sons of Ahab. He's got a son by the name of Jehoram. Now, when you look at the son of Jehoram, he continues the legacy of destruction and spiritual decline that he saw from his father. As it is possible to leave a legacy of holiness that keeps on giving, it it is just as possible to leave a legacy of wickedness that continues to take. Now, uh, this is why we praise God for those who have ensured there has been a legacy left of holiness. When you look at the life of Solomon, why was Solomon a worshiper? He was a worshiper because his daddy David was a worshiper. That was the legacy that was left for him. We praise God for legacy leavers, those who leave legacies that lead others to God. Now, Likewise, the prophet Elijah is a man that served God with valiancy. He understood the significance of spiritual legacy. Elijah understood the significance of spiritual legacy to the point that he made a school of the prophets. He ensured that when I transition, that there will be a remnant left that can continue what it is that I have started in the earth. Now, because he has done this, he left a cave successor in a man named Elisha. Elisha has something better than money that was left for him. He has something better than property and some of us are waiting on folk to die because we want what they gonna leave us. Baby the best thing that you can have in your hand is what's gonna be in your heart. You need a legacy that will leave you to Christ. 
he left a man of God, a double anointing. He left him double what he had. And notice, Elisha does not waste a moment of influence that he gained from his mentor. As soon as he grabs the mantle, he takes that mantle and he strikes the Jordan River. And he says, where is the God of Elijah? The Bible says that the Jordan River went to the left and to the right. And he was able to pass on through. He ensured that he used the legacy that was left to him. He's working miracles even while all of Israel is in such a state of spiritual decline. He continues to work miracles even while it seems as if the people of God are in a downward spiral. Watch this. As lawless and immoral as Israel is, God ensures a legacy has been deposited into the earth. And because a legacy is deposited into the earth, there is a remnant. You ought to shout, I am the remnant. Come on, Unity Worship Center. You are what God has departed, has allowed to impart into the earth, has allowed to grow kingdom on the earth. You are a part of the remnant. And this is why no matter how overly sexualized the United States of America becomes, no matter how violent the world becomes, because of a remnant, there will always be a people pointing the way to Jesus Christ. Regardless of how sick the world is, there will always be a people pointing others to where spiritual healing is. And like Elisha, we will do greater works. Like Elisha, we will walk in double the anointing. Like Elisha, we will pick up right where our mentors left off. Like Elisha, we will do what the Lord has called us to do. Here is Israel in a spiritual downward spiral. But Elisha walks in greater works. And because he walks in greater works in spite of the conditions going on around him, the name of the Lord continues to be magnified. It's here, right here, that we catch a small glimpse of the compassion and the power of the man of God named Elisha. It's here that we get to see a glimpse of this as he's moved by a desperate situation of a woman. A woman who is not just reeling emotionally because of the death of her husband, but she can't even focus on her healing because now she's got to deal with the fallout of the finances. She's trying to figure out how in the world am I going to make ends meet? How can I fix this? Who's in the house? You got a whole lot going on and you up all night long trying to figure out how you gonna work it out how you gonna fix this situation how you're gonna fix this problem it looks as if everything has changed for her and it changed suddenly and the church loves that word suddenly suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind but what happens when my suddenly is not attached to a blessing what happens when my suddenly is not attached to something God is doing great in my life? What happens instead when my suddenly is attached to my tragedy? Oh my God, I want to help those of us in here who have been through quite a bit of hell for the past two years. God can handle your suddenly. There ain't a suddenly that can happen in your life that God looks at and says, oh, that's beyond me. That's too much for me. There ain't a suddenly that God can't handle. So if you're in the house and you're dealing with a suddenly a trust to your tragedy God says I can take care of that too 
The prophet comes. He comes and he deals with the suddenly of her situation because God is concerned about the suddenly of your situation. Mm. She goes to him because she's lost the head of the household. Now she's the head of the household. Suddenly, she goes to him because now they're threatening to take her two sons away from her in order to make them slaves and pay for her debt. Uh, she goes to him. Now, again, I want you to keep in mind, as I keep saying, that Israel is in a steep spiritual decline. And so, whereas they should be caring for this widow, as the Bible has instructed them to, instead, they're simply trying to figure out what they can gain from her losses. And I hate to break it to you like this, but there are some people who are are waiting on you to lose because they feel like the only way they can win is if you lose. And so they're watching. Baby, I call it a vulture spirit. They're waiting for the death of your marriage. They're, they're waiting for the death of your goals. They're waiting for the death of your dreams. They're waiting for the death of your business. Baby, they're waiting for the death of your ministry because they're ready to eat. Now this is why I get excited because if God can shut the mouth of the lion, what can God do with a vulture spirit. There ain't nobody watching you that's going to eat off your loss in this season. God says, I'm shutting them out of everything that would come against you. They're watching and waiting and they're ready to eat off of it. This is why the creditors are not concerned about her. They're not concerned about what she's lost. They're concerned about what they want to gain from her loss. Where y'all at in the house? You refuse to lose. Baby, I'm in that season. I'm in that season right now. You hear what I said to you? I will not lose. It won't be another loss in my household. I won't lose another night of sleep. I will not lose another moment of joy. I will not lose another moment, baby. It ain't going to be another battle I lose, baby. I'm in a season where I will not lose. This is where she is. I ain't taking another loss. If I got to humble myself and go to the man of God, then that's what I'll do. If I got to put all my business out in the street, baby, that's what I'll do because I will not lose. She goes to the man of God and tells everything. She don't leave nothing now. See, some of y'all don't want nobody to hold, know the whole story. And because you're holding back on the whole story, you can't have the ending because you ain't told the whole story. She said, I'm telling everything the devil tried to do to me. I'm telling everything that the devil tried to take from me. I'm telling on all of I'm snitching a day. She goes to the man of God and tells him everything, not leaving anything out. Because she simply believes that there's something in the mantle that Elisha gained that's going to bless her life. I'm, I'm waiting on the one that got it. It's something in that mantle that's going to bless you. It's something in that mantle that's going to serve your life. There's something in that mantle that's going to make the difference in your life. Don't mock the mantle because the mantle ain't just for him. That mantle is going to bless you. That mantle is going to affect you suddenly. That, that mantle is going to create a shifting in your household. That mantle is going to bless your life. She simply believes that there's something in the mantle that the man of God carries that is going to impact her life for the better. So she goes to him. She don't assume that he knows. Sometimes we just assume people know and we just expect them to show up with some chicken or something. 
I, just, I assume that you saw my post. And so you're just supposed to show up at the hospital. I assume that you saw. She doesn't do that. She goes to him. She finds him. Some of y'all got an attitude right now because didn't nobody show up, but didn't nobody know you was expecting folk to read your post. Ain't nobody following you. Go to the person. Explain your situation. This is exactly what she does. She goes and finds the man of God, and this is what she says. She says, uh, my husband was a member of the group of the prophets, and he's died. And, and you know how he feared the Lord. You know how he served God. You know how he loved God. And, and now that he's gone, I, I can't even grieve him properly because I got creditors calling me every day. They, they won't know where their money at, you know. They're not concerned about me and my boys. As a matter of fact, man of God, they told me they're going to take the only two kids, the only thing I got left, and they want to take them as slaves. Now, I want us to listen very carefully to what the prophet has to say regarding her situation because his response is an excellent model for how we deal with those suffering from lack. He does not volunteer to fix her situation. He does not volunteer to call the creditors on her behalf. He does not volunteer to even pay the cost. Instead, he ensures that there is a spirit of self-help on the inside of her because it matters not how much outside I have, how much outside help I have if there's nothing on the inside that's willing to help me. So he ensures that she is a participant in her own deliverance. Do I have anyone in here that's willing to be a participant in their own deliverance. You're not on the sidelines trying to see what they're going to do on your behalf. You're saying, I'm here for it. I'm willing to do whatever, whatever's whatever. I am willing to be a participant in my own deliverance. So he looks at it and he says, boo, what you got in your house? Stacy's translation. What do you have in your house? It, it really does sound kind of crazy to me that a prophet is going and asking what you got in your house. You the prophet. You, now, you know who else did this? Jesus did this. When he was uh, ready to feed the multitude of people, they was all hungry, stomachs grumbling, and he looks to them and he says, what you got, how much bread you got? All right, two fish, five loaves of bread, I can work with that. Breaks it, blesses, and feeds everyone. And, and so there's something that God wants to show us about the things that we think are not going to work. The things that we think are not enough. The things that we think are not good enough. The Lord says, you already have it. It's hidden in plain sight. You just devalued it. You didn't put the value on it that was supposed to be there. You got what it is that you need, but you've got to recognize it for what it is. You got treasure. It's hidden in plain sight. Now, now, now he says, tell me what you already have and look at her response. Oh, my God. Just, just a little bit. <laughs> I, I just got this little bit of oil. That's all that I have in my house. Now, someone who does not understand divine economics of reaping and sowing will look at that and be frustrated with that answer. That's when you and I may look at her and say, now, why didn't you call me before then? Because what you expect me to do at this point, you're going to wait till all you got is just a little bit. Of, you should have called me last week, two weeks ago, when you had a little bit of something. That's all you got is just a little bit of oil at this point. What you expect me to do? You can't get blood from a turnip. You should have called me before then. But the man of God understands divine economics. He understands that there's some things that when you give that thing, it's going to be pressed down, shaken together, and running over into your life. He understands the concept of reaping and sowing. And I want to say to you, for those of you all who feel like that all you got is just a little bit of oil, what is the purpose of the anointing? 
even if it's a little bit, if it can't match the need. Do, do, you, do you think that this anointing is just to give you a title? Do you think that that anointing is just for people to say, preach, teach? What do you think that anointing is for? Is that anointing to me to challenge or is that anointing to make you look good? What is the purpose of any of us being anointed by God if we got a little of that anointing and that anointing can't change a thing in my house? What is really the purpose of us being anointed if it's just to sing pretty, if it's just to dance pretty, if it's just to preach pretty? What is the purpose of the people of God being anointed? So even if I just got a little bit, that little bit is enough she ensures that that little bit of oil is going to match her situation the prophet says listen here's what I want you to do I want you to go to all of your neighbors and borrow as many empty vessels as you can notice again he is ensuring that she is a participant in her own deliverance. He could say, I'm a gentleman, so I'll go knock on those doors for you, and I'll go take all those vessels for you. That's what he could have done. But no, 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 baby, you got to go handle this on your own. You're going to take care of this. You're going to see what God does. From start to finish, you are going to be a part of the demonstration of the power of God. Uh, so verse 3, he says, you go to all your neighbors and borrow as many empty vessels from them as you can. Don't borrow. Borrow a few. Don't be shy about it when you ask them. Ask for as many as they can lend you. Now, having received instruction from the man of God, having received the word of God, she goes door to door, knocking on doors. Hey, 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 it's me again. Oh, Lord, don't answer the door. You know who that is. She's she been here every other day asking for some money, asking for some food. Don't answer it. She's still knocking. Who's willing to keep on knocking? Who's willing to keep knocking? The door be open, baby, but you got to keep on knocking. There, there is a continuation to that. It's not a one and done, baby. You keep on knocking. She's knocking at the door, and they open up the door, and they're wanting to know, what is it that you want this time? You want some food? Ooh, what, what you want? What you what you want this time? What what I, I ain't got no money for you right now. What you want this time? And, and she says, No, no, just give me some some empty jars. All right, then. That's all you want. Hey, babe, go go in the back and get her some empty jars because she says she wants an empty jar. Here you go. Oh, thank you so much, sir. But can, can you give me all of them that you can lend me? Wait, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Why in the world do you want some empty jars when you ain't even got nothing in your house to put in it? You ain't got no food. You ain't got no money. You ain't got nothing to put in it. Why is it that you are knocking on my door asking for empty jars? And she lets it be known that I'm here by faith because the Lord told me to go to my neighbors and ask my neighbors for as many empty vessels as I can get. So that's why I'm here. She done lost her mind, baby. Go on and give her all the jars. She doesn't stop there. She goes to the next house. She does not ask for food. She does not ask for money. She asks for more jars. She goes to the next house. She does not ask for food. She does not ask for money. She asks for more jars. She gathers all of the jars that she can, and she brings them into the house, gathering according to the word of the Lord. After collecting all those empty vessels, verse 4, the prophet told her, you and your sons go back into your house with all them empty vessels. Go back into your house, the house that ain't got no food, the house that ain't got no money. Go back into that house. The house has lost almost all its hope. I want you to go back into that house that's lost it all. The house that's lost it all, just you, your two sons, and them empty vessels. I love it that the prophet says this. You ready? 
He says, when you get in the house with all them empty vessels, you watch what you do. Shut that door. I want you to cut yourself off from every distraction that will stop you from receiving this miracle. The people that could have helped you collectively, they could have come together and changed your situation. They chose not to be a part of this miracle. They could have helped you and they didn't, so they have no part in it. And if you keep that door open, they're going to be in there looking at you, pointing their finger, laughing, and distracting you from the blessing. So here's what I want you to do, baby. Shut the door from every naysayer. Shut the door from every hater. Shut the door from everyone who will come and be a spectator. Shut the door. No no one else can see what I'm about to do because when I'm done with what I'm about to do, ain't nobody going to get the glory but me, God says. So shut the door behind you. This is just for you and your two boys. Get in the house and get to pouring. Picture the scene. Picture the scene. They're bringing her the empty vessels and she begins to pour. Now she had to have been a little confused because how do I pour from something that's only enough to make a drip? How is it that anything more than a drip, and that's what some of y'all saying. Y'all saying, I ain't got the numbers to pour. Y'all said, we don't have the resources to pour. We year seven, baby. This is your year of completion. This is your year to pour. Did you hear what I'm saying to you? Stop looking at the numbers. You got more than just a drip, baby. It's time to pour. I want you to see her watching this miracle happen before her eyes. She pours out from the original vessel into the borrowed vessel. And what looks like it should just be a drip. Instead, continues to pour until that vessel is completely filled and she goes to the next vessel. It's completely filled. She goes to the next vessel. Can you picture the tears in her eyes as she's watching this miracle unfold before her? Oh, my God. The people of God don't appreciate miracle signs and wonders the way that we used to. We don't appreciate testimony service the way that he used to. Can you picture her eyes tearing up? My husband served God with his whole heart, mind, and soul, and that's same God is faithful to me. Oh, God, I thank you. I thank you for the poor. I thank you that you're faithful. I thank you that you have not given us what we deserve. God, I thank you. I thank you that you have given me unmerited favor. She's watching the miracle. She's watching the miracle. Some of y'all can't watch the miracle because you didn't shut the door. So you can't see the miracle for the haters. But for anybody who shut the door and all you got is you and your miracle, you ought to give God a great big hand praise. God, you have all my attention. My eye is on the oil. And when you learn as a leader, be it in your household, be it in ministry, be it on your job, to keep your eyes on the oil, you teach everyone watching you to do the same. Look at her two sons. My God, this is who my daddy served, a God who can do this, a God who can make ways out of no way, a God who creates overflow. Can you picture her sons? Some of y'all got daughters looking at you, and they want to know if you know what your God can do. I came to tell you, allow them to be participants in a thing. Don't let them be distracted by the outside. Pull them babies and let them hear you praying. Let them hear you decree. Let them hear you declare. Let them hear you cry out unto God so that they can be a participant. Their faith is being built. They're watching.
vessel after vessel until she finally looks at her son and brings says, bring, bring me another one, boy. Mommy, it ain't none. That's it. They all full. Now watch this. Once every vessel that was borrowed is full, now the oil stops flowing. You are more responsible for your blessings than you realize. Some of y'all keep bringing God just a few of this and just a little bit of that. You just keep bringing God a few vessels. And God said, because you brought me a few, that's what I'm going to feel. I'm just going to feel a few. But baby, I've always been that kid that wants a whole lot. So I'm going to bring him a whole lot. I'm knocking on doors and saying, God, whatever it is that you have for me in this season, don't you do it without me. I'll bring all the empty vessels that I can. You are more responsible for your spiritual blessing than you realize. You bring a little, you get a little. You bring a lot, you get a lot. She brought a lot, she got a lot. And the oil stopped flowing. She goes to the man of God and she tells him, she says, look, I've done everything that you told me to do. And now each and every one of my vessels have been made full. Do you understand that this cannot be explained by the law of science? Do you know how long it would have taken for each of those vessels to have been filled with olive oil? Do you know the process of the olive to get to the oil? We talked about suddenlies. God, I thank you. We talked about suddenlies, right? This is a series of suddenlies. So you were stuck on the first suddenly, but God said, I got another suddenly coming your way if you stick with me. This is a series of suddenlies. It should have taken years to make that much oil in order to fill those vessels. If she was going to fill those vessels appropriately, she would have had to sown a seed into the ground in order to make the tree. Now, once the tree began to produce fruit, once they began to produce olives, she would have had to wait until they fell to the ground. The ones that would not fall to the ground because they were not perhaps ripe enough, she'd have had to beat it with a long pole. After she's done that and they all fell to the ground, she would have then had to gather them into a basket and bring them to the oil press. Once she took them to the oil press, she would have had to gotten a huge rock, put it on top of the olives, and crushed out the oil. It would have been years to get the volume of the oil that she got. But God said, because you trusted me with the suddenly of your tragedy, I'm going to create a series of suddenlies in your life. What should have taken you years, if you shut that door, I give it to you overnight. And some of that, some people are mad at you right now because it's taken overnight for you what it took them years to do. And God said, it is because you trusted me with a tragic suddenly. They're angry because of how God is moving in your life. They're angry because how God is working in your life. They're angry because of what God is doing in your life. They're angry about it, but I hear the Lord saying, let them stay angry. Let them stay frustrated. Let them stay in that matter. Why? Because God says, I'm going to do in you exceedingly, abundantly, and above all that you're able to ask. And think, this is a season of Suddenly, the question is, do you have the vessels? The prophet says, now I want you to take the oil you got. 
Don't be a thief. I want you to go and pay your debtors. That's the first thing you do. <laughs> Don't be talking about I ain't got it when you know you got it. Go and pay your creditors. And the rest, you got enough for you and your boys to live on forever. Maybe we don't realize that we are the ones who were in debt. Maybe, maybe you didn't realize that there is an original vessel that can pour into you enough to pay your debt. All right, let me make it plain for you. I, I had a debt I couldn't pay. I had a debt I couldn't pay. I, I owed it, but I couldn't pay it. I didn't have enough money to pay it. I, I didn't have the intelligence to pay it. I, I didn't have the lineage to pay it. I didn't come from enough good stock to pay it. And because I couldn't pay it, I had to go to the original vessel. I, I had to go to, to the one who could cover the cost for me, the one who had enough to pay every debt that I owed. I can't speak for anybody else in here, but baby, I was a shown up wretch undone. Hear what I'm saying to you? Living in a a cesspool of unforgiven sin. That was your girl. That was me. There was a debt that I owed that I could not pay, but I found the original vessel. I found a man by the name of Jesus Christ who was and is and is to come, who was slain before the foundation of the world. I went to that vessel and asked that vessel pour into me because I can't pay for this on my own. This debt is going to kill me if you don't cover me. And I came to tell you it's still enough oil from the anointed one there's still enough oil to cover you there's still enough oil to cover your family there's still enough oil even to cover your enemies whosoever will baby come on whosoever will there is enough room for you and this is what the Lord says he says even if you have already been filled it's all right boo let me tell you what you're gonna do there's some more empty vessels over there he says go to the hedges and the highways compelling them to come for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's some empty liars out there. Those are called empty vessels. It's some empty prostitutes, some empty unbelievers out there. It's some empty thieves out there. It's some empty agnostics out there. Go out there, compel them to come for the kingdom of God is at hand. Bring them the empty vessels. Unity worship center. Bring them, the, don't bring them a few. Bring them the empty vessels. It's not the job of the pastor. Remember what the, what the prophet told her. I want you to go. So if it's you, baby, you, you. Who's the body? You, you, you. Who's the church? You, you, you. Go and bring as many empty vessels as you can. He says that you bring them, I'll fill them. If you witness, I'll save them. If you spread the gospel, the gospel will do the work. Just bring in the empty vessels. He knows what to do with the empty vessels. Watch this. And we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power of God won't be in us. It'll be of him. You have a treasure. You've been filled, but now you got to go get some vessels that ain't filled. You didn't get saved just to be saved. And you ain't anointed just to be anointed. And you ain't a Christian just to fill a seat. And, and this ain't just about routines and doing the same thing every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. This ain't what this is about. This is about filling the house. I 
I should not see the same person sitting next to me every week. Your pastor may not tell you, I'm going to tell you. I should not see the same person sitting next to me every week. Because I should be gathering empty vessels. Because I should be gathering and knocking on doors. Do we do that anymore? Do we knock on doors anymore? Do Y'all don't even know what do. I pray you know. Do we knock on doors anymore? Do we go door to door anymore? Is it just a Jehovah Witnesses that care about their Savior? Do we knock on doors anymore? The Lord is saying go knock on some doors. Get some empty vessels. You at the mall? Get some empty vessels. You in the grocery store, get some empty vessels. You sitting at your work cubicle, get some empty vessels. You on social media, get some empty vessels. Where you at, boo, get some empty vessels and bring them into the house so that the miracle can take place. Whatever you have need of, I promise you, I just believe it. It's hidden in plain sight. If you don't have it, the person next to you has it. And you know what they can do? You know what I came tonight to do? It's not hard either. It's not hard. It's not a hard task. Just when you fool, you can. You have some family members that you're concerned about. You're worried about. God said, I can fill them. You don't have to be up all night trying to figure it out, work it out, fix it for yourself. God said, just bring the empty vessel to me. Bring them in the house. Seven years, Unity Worship Center. Let's bring them in the house. Noah tried to bring them in the ark. They wouldn't listen. Now we don't even try to make them listen. We just leave them outside the ark. Bring them in the house. Fill the vessels. That they may be filled in the house. This is the place where miracles take place. Do you really believe that? Raise your hand if you believe that. Are you a miracle? So if you know that this is the place where miracles take place and you understand that you yourself are a miracle, why would you just leave that just to you and let everybody else go their own way? We couldn't possibly truly believe we're miracles and we let everybody else just go to the wayside. If you really thought you were a miracle, if you really believed you were a miracle, you would be bringing other empty vessels so that they could have the same experience. Let's pray. Everyone standing. Everyone standing. Father, I thank you. I bless you for this beautiful people that belong to you. I thank you, God, for the laborers that they are in your kingdom. This is kingdom work. This is why the enemy hates it and keeps coming against it. This is kingdom work. This is holy ground. This is your hands and your feet and your mouth in the earth. This is what you have deposited in the earth to change the region. And so, Father, we thank you now for planting this here. For planting Unity Worship Center. We thank you for the leader, for the shepherd, for the angel of this house. We thank you, oh God, for all the laborers. Now, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will give us a boldness to knock.
that you will give us a boldness to seek, that you will give us a boldness to bring as many empty vessels as possible, that you will not allow us to get to a place of lackadaisicalness and lukewarmness and just settling for where we are. Oh, God, shake us, wake us until we can bring the whole community in. Father, I thank you that there are people that you've placed right around here. You place them in this vicinity for them to land here. Now, Father, we thank you that you embolden us to go and knock on the door. Embolden us to open up our mouths. Embolden us to go and be a witness for your kingdom is coming. You are soon coming, King. You will rapture your people home. You're coming for a church without a spot or wrinkle. You're coming, oh God, to take us back. And Lord, we don't want to go by ourselves. We got family members, oh God, that act like they've lost their minds. We've got family members in a backslidden state. We got family members out there dealing. We got family members out there selling themselves. We got family members, oh God, and we don't want to leave them here. We don't want to leave them empty, oh God. And so, Father, we pray that you would help us, even if it means that we must empty ourselves because you never had a problem with an empty vessel. You only got problem with full vessels, vessels that are full of themselves and full of self-righteousness and, and full of their own works and full of striving, God. So help us to empty out ourselves so that you can fill us with you, more of your holiness, more of your peace, more of your joy. Help us to empty ourselves before you, to lay ourselves at your feet and change us, oh God. Renew us, oh God. Transform us, Lord, until we walk like you, talk like you, think like you in the name of Jesus. In this hour, we can't afford to be timid. In this hour, we can't afford to be afraid. In this hour, we can't afford to be lukewarm. The enemy's turned up the heat. He's taken as many as he can. Help us to bring them to you. Even if it means admitting our self-righteousness must be removed so that you can fill us fresh as well. As a matter of fact, Father, I pray right now for every heart in here who has become so full of themselves that they've lost sight of your spirit. They've become so full of their own traditions and their own ways. They, they become so full of, of what their mama and granny and them said to them. They, they become so full of their own opinions that they've lost sight of your word. God, I pray for them right now. Help them to empty themselves out. If that's you, just lift your hand and say, Father, I repent. I repent. It's too much of me. It's too much carnality in me. It's too much of my ways in me. It's too much of my own opinions in me. Uh, Father, I, I pray that you would empty me out of all of me and fill me full of you. I don't want to form a godliness denying the power thereof. Oh, God, I, I don't want to be the signpost that points the way to heaven but never, ever gets there myself. Help me, oh, God. Deliver me from my own ways. Deliver me from being full of myself. Empty me. Right now we repent. That's our emptiness. That's our emptying ourselves out. We repent, Father. Fill us afresh. We need a fresh wind. Oh, my God. The Lord said, I can do it right now. The door is shut. I can work the miracle. Come on, let God move in. Let him move in. Let him move in. We need a fresh wind. We need a fresh anointing. Fill us fresh with your spirit, oh God. 
Here we are. Our hands and hearts are lifted. Fill us, oh God. We need more of you. Move us out of the way, oh God. It's you, it's you, it's you we want. It's you we want. You can keep the stuff. You can keep the accolades. You can keep the hand claps. We just want you, oh God. Doing it in our own way, we failed every time. Hey, God, we need you, Jesus. We want more. We want more. Fill us full. Fill us full till there's no more room for our own ways. Fill us full till there's no more room for carnality. Fill us full, God, in the name of Jesus. 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 In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I believe God wants to do a work, and I know you was expecting uh, just a certain routine to happen tonight. That's what not what tonight is for. This is the year of completion. God wants to complete some things. He wants to finalize some things. He, he wants to put the cherry on the top for some things. He wants to finish some things that he started in you. Don't kick against the bridge. Let God have his way. We didn't come here just for routine and tradition. Fill us, Father. Fill us, and we promise we'll go tell everybody else what you did. Fill us, and we promise we'll go share this great gospel. Fill us fresh, Father. We, we need a fresh wind, fresh strength. Mm. Fill us fresh with your spirit. Come on, touch your head. Say, God, fill me. Now touch your heart. Say, God, fill me. Now touch your mouth, say, God, fill me. Fill me, God, fill me. Fill me with you, Lord. Your love, your joy, your peace, your righteousness. Mine is as filthy rags. Give me your righteousness. Fill me with your righteousness. Mm. And for this, we give you thanks. And for this, we give you thanks, Jesus. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said. Amen, amen, amen.